you said you'd come. Lawrence, hope you're not too late. We know each other. He's a friend from work. Hello to everyone listening. Uh, welcome to another Is It Worth a Tenor uh, podcast review uh, from Wulong Talks. Hi, my name is Jason. I'm the host of the Wulong Talks podcast. Um, and if you've been following us for a while, then as you know, I, I like to do these movie reviews uh, every once in a while, and I've started to do a couple. Um, if you haven't heard any of the previous ones, you can find them all on our SoundCloud page. So if you uh, head to soundcloud.com and look for Wulong Talks, then you'll find all of our uh, movie reviews listed there. Uh, I'll be adding some more as, as we go along as well. So if you have any suggestions or things that you want me to review, then I'll, I'll let you know how to do that after this uh, recording. But first off, I hope you all are good. Um, I hope you've all had good weeks. We're getting closer to Christmas uh, and we're getting ready to do our Christmas special podcast this year as well. So we're really looking forward to that. We've got some great things lined up for you. So stay tuned for that. But the reason why you're here is because you want to know what I think of the movie adaptation of the manga series Blade for the Blade for the Immortal, don't you? Well, I think it's pretty darn good. Uh, now we're going to get into the review. Um, as I do with all of these reviews, I, I don't give any spoilers away, so don't worry. I'm not going to give away any information that you wouldn't be able to pick up from any trailers um, or any websites or any other reviews that you've seen. So. Nothing is going to be given away here. Um, I'll just give you the basics and then I'll let you know what I think and then you can make a decision for yourselves on whether you go and see it or not. Now, uh, Blade of the Immortal, as I mentioned at the top, is, a, is an adaptation of a manga series um, that was written some time ago, uh, quite a way back in fact. Um, I th thinking off the top of my head it was around the 2000s. I mean, certainly that's when I read it. It was around sort of 2001 uh, was when I read the series. Um, and it's a very, very popular series. I mean, certainly not as, as much as some of the others, for those of you listening who are familiar with, with kind of manga and, and things like that. Um, it may not necessarily be as, as much in, in the popular conscience as it once was, but um, it certainly was a very big deal on its release. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So, yeah, it's a very, very popular series. So the movie adaptation coming at, at this time is... Um, kind of struck me as a bit odd really when I first heard about this which was last year um, because as I said it's just not really in the consciousness at all but I'm glad they did it because the movie is awesome folks um, it's really one of the most enjoyable movie uh, or anime to movie sort of adaptations manga to movie adaptations rather that I've seen in in quite some time um, this movie manages to get a lot more right than it gets wrong, um, both in terms of the way that it adapts its manga and just as a movie experience as a whole. Um, it's really entertaining. It's surprisingly deep. Um, there's a lot of, of uh, different ideas and different themes that the movie touches upon and, and kind of explores in a way as well, um, in a way which the, the manga perhaps 
does but but does slightly differently um but it works you know it, it comes together very well um the reason why it comes together so well i think in part is because of the direction uh, now this movie is directed by uh, a guy called uh, takashi mike who um is a name that you might be familiar with he's he's done quite a few movies in fact he <laughs> reading up on this he he did um he's just completed a hundred movies uh, which is an astonishing achievement really um when you consider it and for a long time, uh, Mike was considered, um, especially in the West here, something of a, of a bad boy of, of uh, world cinema. Um, some of you may re remember the movie uh, that he released a couple of years ago called Ichi the Killer, um, which was an adaptation of uh, an anime and, and a popular manga series also. Um, and that was a, a movie, I mean, again, depending on how old one of you are who are listening to this, um, caused a lot of controversy uh, back in the day because it was an extremely violent film, uh, a very graphic film as well. Uh, although not so much more than the source material it came from, to be fair, if, if you know um, Ichi the Killer, the, the manga or, or the anime, you know that that book is violent and you know that anime was violent. But, um, you know, it was a very literal translation of, of the violence that you got from that. Um, and that was a film that caused a lot of controversy when it came out. I, I don't think I still don't think a uncut version of that movie is available in the UK. Um, so yeah, it was it was quite a controversial movie. And then going back um, even before that, uh, he released a, a horror comedy movie called Audition, um, which is still one of the most creepy and disturbing movies I've ever seen. Um, if you're a horror fan listening to this and you haven't seen Audition, I, I beg you to go and hunt that movie down because you know, it really is the... In fact, I, I would say it's kind of the birth of movies like Hostel and things like that, you know, they, they kind of came out of what Mike did with uh, Audition. Um, but the difference between, you know, what Mike was doing with Audition and Hostel was that, you know, with Audition, there's actually something that feels like it has heart and humanity to it, whereas Hostel just felt like exploitation. But anyway, we're not here to talk about those. We're here to talk about Blade of the Mortal. So sorry for getting sidetracked there, but I just wanted to give you some background into who was directing this movie. Um, now, Mike has got a really, really keen eye for these uh, Chambara tales. He recently did um, an adaptation a few years ago, or a movie a couple of years ago, called 13 Assassins, um, which was a big hit with the critics and uh, with audiences. Uh, a really, really great movie in the spirit of, um, you know, some of the classic samurai movies that you would have seen in the past. Um, some really, really phenomenal work that he, he did on that movie. Um, and with Blade of the Immortal in terms of, you know, the visual style and, and the things that he's developed um, in 13 Assassins, that's very much uh, evident and in play here. But what he also does very well as well is marry in some of the, the visual elements that, that came in from the manga and from the anime. So all of the characters in it actually look and feel like characters from the page. They actually, you know, feel like characters that you would have seen in the, the actual anime itself. So you get a real kind of um, a real sense of, of connection with the characters if you're familiar with them. Now, if you're not familiar with the, the anime or the, or the manga, don't worry, because this is not a movie where you have to know all of these things about all these background characters. You don't. One of the great things about this movie is, is the fact that I found it so accessible. It's it's so easy for anybody to pick up exactly what the story is about, what these characters are about, what their motivations are, and, you know, where they're going. 
Um, it's quite a simple tale in the way that it's told. And, you know, the key sort of themes here really are, are things like revenge, which is often a very common theme in movies, um, and, you know, redemption and finding a, a way to redeem oneself uh, for their past mistakes and, and sins. Um, and the main character of, of this movie, Manji, is, is a guy who very much is somebody searching for redemption. Um, early on in the movie, he uh, commits a, a crime, he kills a number of people. Um, and as a result of that, he's then forced to go on the run uh, with his sister. Uh, his sister is killed in a confrontation with um, some local bounty hunters. Uh, he kills them all. And then uh, as he kills them, he suffers many sort of wounds and, and some quite serious ones. Uh, as he's dying on the floor, he's then visited by uh, a monk um, who basically says to him, I can make you immortal. Um, you know, if you want to, to carry on living, I can let you live. Um, so this monk grants him the ability to be able to um, to live. And it's and subsequently, subsequently, he becomes a very difficult man to kill. Now, at first, that seems like a great thing. But then on the flip side of it, he, you know, as time kind of passes in the movie and you get up to the, the present day or, or the point where the plot is is kind of really getting into things. Um, you realize that he's become, you know, a very lonely person because he's lived for so many years and, um, you know, he's never really found any peace. Uh, he's probably seen people around him die. And so he's become quite a lost sort of lonely soul. Um, he then crosses paths with a young girl named Rin, uh, whose family are ruthlessly killed uh, by the villain of the piece who um, is a young samurai who has a style and, and um, a, a fighting ethos and a philosophy that he wants to make the most popular across all of Japan. Um, this is at a time in Japanese history during sort of the Tokugawa period where uh, samurai were, you know, the ruling class. Um, and you had shogunates and you had um, basically people who were like, you know, you had a very uh, hierarchical class uh, structure. Uh, in Japanese society at that point, um, and the samurai were around sort of the, the top of the food chain, basically. Um, and, you know, these guys, uh, led by the, the villain, basically don't want to have any of the formalities that Japanese society currently has. They want to fight the way they want to fight. They want to live the way they want to live. They want to learn whatever, you know, um, swordsmanship style they, they choose. And uh, they come into conflict um, with a lot of these traditional schools, uh, within Japan at that time. So they go around challenging the masters of these schools and killing them and then killing any of the students who don't want to uh, go along with that. Um, and Rin's family are uh, also samurai and also part of those schools and they come into conflict with him and they die. So uh, Rin bumps into our hero Manji um, and she convinces Manji to help her try and get revenge against his family. Um, and then the movie kind of spills out from from there, really, uh, and their kind of conflict uh, between Manji and Rin and um, the Itori Ryu, sorry, um, which is the name of, of the collective of bad guys uh, in the piece. And it's some of at least it's just some really, really brilliant, brilliant action scenes. Um, you know, if you're a big fan of, of samurai movies at all. Uh, and you like to see well staged, you know, sword fights and things like that, um, then this is the movie for you, man. It's It's got loads and loads of that. 
it's quite bloody so i will say for people who are um squeamish about that kind of thing it, it is kind of bloody i mean it's nowhere near as bloody as some of the things that the takashi Miike has done but yeah i mean it, it is kind of violent it's an 18 certificate here in the uk um and it's 18 for a reason um there is a lot of blood so yeah if you if you are disturbed by that then you know maybe you might want to think twice about this movie but um even if you know that that is something that concerns you i would urge you to at least give this movie a try because there's so much here um you know there's so much depth to this story the performances are just absolutely fantastic i mean you've got uh, in the lead role of, of manji you've got uh, takagua kimura uh he's really really good he adds like a, a lot of depth that you wouldn't have expected from a character like this um and what i love about Japanese movies and, and Eastern movies in particular is that what a lot of these actors do is because the script doesn't have them give so much exposition and and explain how they're feeling in the way that Western movies do a lot of these actors learn to use um, you know facial expressions or body language to communicate how their character is feeling and, and what they're going through and that's something that Kimura does fantastically well as Manji throughout this film um, there's moments where he's actually really funny as well. There's there's actually some really good uh, comedic moments in there with comedic lines, um, but he captures that that uh, you know that that kind of communicating without using words in in a way that's really fascinating to watch. Just as a movie fan, um, you know, because we're we're used to things being done such a such a way over here. Um, Hana Sigusaki is sorry if I've butchered her name. Yeah, plays Rina Sano. Um, she's really good as well. Uh, again, like she's one of those types of characters that you could imagine in a Western movie. Um, she could become quite annoying quite quickly because often when you put kids in these types of movies, it can go, you know, one of two ways. They can either play it really well or devolve into kind of streaking and shouting and pouting and sulking. And there's certainly a certain amount of that with uh, the character of Rin here, but it's done again in a way that's very skillful. Um, and the performance um, from Sigasaki is again very much um, based in you know showing emotion through facial expressions and showing it through um, body language and showing it through the performance in physical ways rather than just kind of stating the obvious. Um, which is another thing I like about this movie. It does it does respect its audience. It doesn't just state things, you know, and tell you things that you can already work out for yourself. It says, you know, you're a smart person. You're here watching this movie. We don't need to tell you. We'll just show you what's going to happen. Um, and that's what, you know, I, I really enjoyed about this movie as well. Um, aside from that, there are lots of other characters that flitter in and out. Those who... Uh, have seen the manga and have seen the anime will will know who these characters are because they're all pretty much present um, I don't think there's anybody major from the series who's left out of the movie adaptation if there is let me know but um, I'm pretty sure there isn't I think they, they covered just about everyone and that's another thing that they've done really well as I, as I mentioned at the beginning is they've managed to condense everything into uh, you know, a two-hour, 25-minute movie, which is crazy, really, when you think about it. But uh, they've pulled it off fantastically well here. So, um, yeah, it's definitely, definitely worth a, a watch, and you don't feel shortchanged. So, uh, for me, I would say 
if you wanted to spend a tenner on this and you're asking me if it was worth a tenner, then I'd say yes, yes, it is worth a tenner. Um, I think people who are fans of uh, samurai movies, who are fans of anime, who are fans of manga, who are fans of action movies will get a kick out of all of those elements of this film. Um, but those who are more open-minded and, and are less um, inclined by those things but maybe just want a good movie, go along because you'll get some balance, you'll get some good character work as well. Um, you'll get some really interesting visuals. There's a lot of interesting things that, that Mike does with this movie in terms of uh, camera placement, in terms of use of black and white and color schemes, um, mise-en-scene and, and all of that kind of thing. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things going on visually with, with the movie. Um, so you'll get something out of it as well. Uh, yeah, definitely go and see it. Um, as I said, the only warning I would have is if you are of the squeamish type, then maybe think about it. Watch the Red Band trailer online. I believe it's on YouTube. Um, the Red Band trailer is basically an uncut trailer. Uh, check that out. See if it kind of feels like the kind of thing you can put up with. If it does, great. Go and see it. If it doesn't, uh, understand um you know not everybody can handle that kind of thing on the screen and, and that's perfectly understandable but otherwise don't let it cloud your judgment because there is a real diamond of a movie here um definitely as, as i said one of the best um sort of animator to movie adaptations that i've seen in a very very long time um really well done so go and check it out absolutely Okay, that's going to do it for me. Um, thanks a lot for joining me and thanks a lot for listening in. Uh, if you like the review, then please let me know. Um, you can find me on Twitter at Wulong Talks, on Facebook at Wulong Talks Podcast, and you can email us as well, which is at WulongTalksPodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time. Peace. <laughs>